Hi, this is Marlene with Miami Ghost Chronicles, and I want to welcome you to another episode of Stories of the Supernatural. Wherever you find us, whether it's a video or podcast on your favorite platform, please like and subscribe to us so that you can get notification of when a new show is released. You can also find us on major social media platforms. If you go to MiamiGhostChronicles.com, you can find links to the videos or MP3 files, which you can download and enjoy without commercial interruptions. If you're into classic horror, ghost, and adventure stories, I narrate Nightshade Diary, and you can find links at NightshadeDiary.com. If scary stories are your bag, and listening to encounters with cryptids, ghosts, dogmen, and other weird creatures sends a shiver up your spine, then go to SupernaturalStoryTime.com for links to our weekly podcasts. Noteworthy news about the paranormal world, true crime, conspiracy stories, and anything that is just plain weird can be found at eerie.news or visit the Stranger Than Fiction Stories tab at MiamiGhostChronicles.com. Please subscribe to my newsletter on Substack. Just go to mppelliser.com for a link. I want to thank you for being part of my audience, and I think you are all wonderful. Hi, everybody. Everybody doing good? I'm doing good. Uh, even though the show's a little bit staggered, uh, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, Happy New Year. Soon we'll be having to remind ourselves to write in 2023 versus 2022. Yep, pretty soon we're, we're going to be doing that again. Um, you know, right about now, everybody's making decisions about what do I need to change about my behavior? So again, I'm going to be having that video out. As far as um, behavior modification, I might put it out through my hypnosis channel, the hip, uh, hypnosis DIY channel. Don't know yet, but again, you know, we're going to, you know, everybody's doing right about now their last hurrah. <laughs> you know, they're going to do whatever, whether it's the diet or the smoking or something. Uh, they're, they're saying, okay, this is this, I'm going to, this is the year 2023 is the year I'm going to make that change or start or stop doing something and yeah well best laid plans or what is it uh where what the the Walter the way to hell is paved with what yeah well <laughs> the way to crash and burn i hate to say it is doing it right about now okay because there's a bunch of people out there that it's this is the time to do it so that later on you have a lot of company when hey you know what that that idea that I wanted to do that I wanted to stop doing or start doing, or I was planning to jog or I was gonna, whatever you have a lot of companies. So everybody can commiserate on why they didn't get to do it. So anyway, but happy new year still, I'm going to, uh, that video I'm going to put out is going to talk about all the pitfalls of how you sabotage yourself when you make these decisions, because at the end of the day, really what we want is our comfort zone. And our comfort zone is what we know each day, in and out. Oh, yes, I know. I, I, so, you know, no surprises. I may not be happy with this, but guess what? And we're, we're uh, as human beings, believe it or not, even though we think of ourselves as being complex, we're very simple. We're driven by pain and pleasure. And pain means the unknown. But again, that's a whole nother show. Let's get on to the good part. The good part is who the guest is here tonight at Stories of the Supernatural. This gentleman, this is the first time that he's been here on the show. And he, his name is Rob Gutro. He's an author, a paranormal investigator, and a medium with inspired ghost tracking of Maryland. 
Since he was a child, he could receive messages from ghosts or spirits who have crossed over. As a scientist, he also provides some scientific explanations about how energy is the baseline for the afterlife and the medium that entities use to communicate. In 2005, Rob's late puppy passed and inspired Rob to write his first book and enabled him to communicate with pets. Rob participates in private paranormal investigations, helps ghosts cross over, and has provided countless messages from people or pets as ghosts or spirits. He also lives in a haunted house, and we're going to ask him about that. And um, he also has a book that we're going to ask him, uh, I believe, uh, that it was released this year, and we'll have him verify that. It's Ghosts of the Birdcage Theater on a Medium's Vacation. Oh, yeah. Tombstone. How are you doing today, Rob? I'm doing great. Thank you, Marlene, for having me. It's no, it's great. Here. On the contrary, it's my pleasure. Okay, from the bio, obviously, what you were as a child, you were seeing things then. Yeah, when I was 13, I had a very startling event, and that was my grandfather, who passed away seven months before, appeared to me in full color. <clears throat> and okay. um, he scared the life out of me. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I can imagine. What was it in the bedroom, or how was that? So my uh, my brothers and my parents were both out. It was in July, and I was home with a family dog. I was just sitting in the kitchen. I was sketching my superheroes that I used to do when I was a teenager. And uh -huh. um, two rooms away, I could see into our living room. And suddenly, this in the dark of night, <clears throat> probably about eight o'clock or nine nine o'clock at night in the summertime. Um, so everything was dark, and suddenly um, there was a light that started coming together in the center of the room. And then uh, I just kept staring at it transfixed. And in seconds, he appeared in full color. And I didn't give him any time because I grabbed that dog and I ran out that door. <laughs> You're like, I'm sorry, I'm out of here. <laughs> right. That's funny. But, you know, if, if people don't realize that even if it's a loved one, sometimes it's like, I know you're dead. So what are you doing here? Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I was 13. I had no idea. Um, but but Marlene, it turned out that when my parents came home, I told them and my mother wasn't surprised because mm -hmm. she had the ability that she never used. And okay. grandfather himself, the past, had the ability. Really? And that was her dad? It was her dad. Yeah. So but okay. that was all kept secret from everybody in the family. <laughs> OK, the family secret. Right. <laughs> Yeah, people don't realize that a while back, there was kind of, in a way, a kind of a stigma, like you might be looked at as being odd, <laughs> you know, if it got around that, not like now, in other words. Right, now it's a, you know, now I call it my superpower, like a superhero. Right. Yeah, but. exactly, exactly. And, but, but people don't realize, you know, because I've spoken to other people that had, you know, even as children, they were being, you know, they were having instances of psychic abilities and their some of their parents were adamant, like, no, don't talk about it. And I said, you know what? Sometimes you might think, why is that parent being cruel? But I think back then parents were trying to keep their kid like, I don't want you to get picked on. You know, I don't want you to be known as that kid. You know, maybe they went around it in the bad way, but sometimes the intentions were like, you don't want to be known as the weird kid, the odd kid, the, you know, because yeah, that could be a new an unusual thing. I had a friend of mine, as a matter of fact, that um that, this is how they realized their grandfather passed away. He wasn't ill, and he was in another country. Mm. Same thing. She was a teenager. She said she was in her house. She said that there was a hallway in the house where the bedroom's off, 
she says all of a sudden she saw him cross from like, you know, two bedrooms have the, the same doorway. Saw him cross yeah. from across the hallway from one bedroom to the other. Said he was very distinctive because he was tall and he always wore a cowboy hat. One of those things wherever he went is cowboy hat. She said she just saw him like, but it was impossible because he was living in another country. Sure. And wow. <laughs> I think that night, later that day or something, they got a call that he had died. But she says that she was like, she was so, she didn't get scared because she said she saw it. It was like, hey, that's grandpa. And he's going from one room to the other. And of course, she said she walked and there was nobody in the other room, like where he walked. But it was, they, you know, it's impossible because he's not even in the same country. Yeah, but she knew absolutely. it was him. She knew it was him. So, yeah, sometimes I've heard of those last minute things where, um, yeah, that, that, that visitation, you know, where they're like almost like I want to say bye kind of thing. So what happened after that? Well, I, uh, I, I buried it really. Okay. I, I, I decided to, my mother just said that she didn't use it. So I figured, okay, well, I, I won't either. So I went on with life. I went to college, I got a job, I started a career and I, I didn't think about it until 1997 when I went back to school for another degree, a degree in meteorology. Mm -hmm. And this references what you said in the intro. That was when I lived in a house that was haunted. Okay. And I had to kind of figure it out because I was renting a room. There was, it was a two bedroom small house in Bowling Green, Kentucky. And uh, the other roommate was um, what his parents had bought the house so that he could live off campus okay. and get a roommate. Mm -hmm. And I happened to apply, get the room and, um, and I figured out over time, every Tuesday night at 2.30 in the morning, a pounding on the back door with nobody setting off the uh, the automatic motion lights. Okay. Scared the daylight out of me. <laughs> so, That's incredible, that timing thing, isn't it? It is. It is. Um, yeah. And so, when you, the first time what happened, yeah, you hear this pounding, you're thinking, what, somebody got locked out or what? <laughs> Well, I, you know, it was, a, it was a college town in Bowling Green, Kentucky. So I'm thinking, oh my gosh, these college kids are drinking before the semester starts. You know? Right. <laughs> so, they went to the wrong house. <laughs> right. But um, when I learned, when I learned later that there was the, like the next week, there was a motion light and it didn't go okay. off. Then something didn't sit right with me. Okay. Um, the third week later, when the kid moved in, um, I call him kid because he was much younger than me anyway, but um, <clears throat> it happened again. <clears throat> and he okay. bumped into me in the hallway at 2.30 in the morning and he, he stood behind me shaking. And I'm like, what's going on? <laughs> right, yeah. So we get into the kitchen, turn on the light and the, and the pounding stopped. And I said, um, is this why your roommate moved out last semester? Oh. And he said, yes. He said, yes, he had a dog and the dog was terrified. I bet. So, um, so the whole, the whole story is in my book, uh, ghosts and spirits explained, but, um, it was, it took me a while to figure out what was going on. And, okay. and, and then the ghost gave me a really big, you know, uh, wake up call. <laughs> so let me ask you, did his parents know anything about what was going on and they just let him live in there? Like, okay, hopefully nothing will happen. Did they have any idea it was haunted? You know, I don't know. And I, okay. I was afraid to ask them. I saw them once in a great while because mm -hmm. they were very devout to their religion. Okay. okay. And I didn't think it would sit well. So I didn't want to go okay. there. 
No, I understand. I understand. But, you know, sometimes people, it's like, man, this house, we're getting at a great price. You know, one of those deals. <laughs> the lady you find out, yeah, that's why it's so cheap or why it's set on the market for a long time, that kind of thing. You know, you have a lot of people that find out, oh, it was haunted. Yeah, but it had set like six months on the market and the price had, was substantially lower. It's like, that's a good hint, usually. So, so do, know, they do they have to disclose that in, in Miami, in Florida? Ah. Uh, in Florida, I know that it's by state. I think it's like, you know, each state has a real estate board, you know, mm. that regulates. I can't remember. I know in some states they have to. I know in some states they have to. I think in Florida is if the person asks. In other words, okay. if and from what I've seen, because when um, I sold this, my last house before I moved out here like two years ago, mm-hmm. what the real estate agents do is they give you like a... Uh, a question that didn't have anything about haunting, but about certain things. Do you know if the house is this? Do you have the house as that? I was like, yes, no, or I don't know. All right. And I think a lot of the agencies now, they, I don't know about the, the haunting thing, but they ask certain questions just to protect themselves. Mm-hmm. But I think in Florida, if the person specifically asks, I know it's either if there was a, like a crime committed, like a murder committed. Yes. I think they have to disclose that. Yeah. And I know in other states, it's, you know, oh, even if the person doesn't ask the, the potential buyer, you have to say, well, by the way, you know, this house, either a crime was committed here or it's known, you know, has a, a reputation for being haunted. And I hate to say it, but in some cases, there's people out there that, that want this. You know that, right? That they're like, <laughs> yeah, it's like, hey, I, wait, it is haunted. Oh, my God. Yay. It's like, yeah, all right. Okay. <laughs> But yes, um, I know that each state has has different because I've heard of people in Florida that after the fact they have found out mm-hmm. that they've had like um, like murders committed, people being killed in the house, and they didn't find out till uh, after the sale. And it was like, hey, you didn't ask, so we didn't tell you. <laughs> and it's and in other words, and they couldn't get out of the sale. In other words. So, yeah. yeah. So one of the cases that I went on in uh, with my paranormal group that you mentioned, Inspired Ghost Tracking, mm-hmm. was a case that I called the uh, double murder ghost investigation. Okay. Because as it turned out, we were just called because a family of uh, five, I think, two parents uh, and three kids were mm-hmm. experiencing shadow figures and sheets being pulled off the bed and, okay. and chills and all kinds of weird things. And we went in there. And nobody knew anything about the history of the house. Okay. And myself and another medium wound up communicating with two women, right. one older, one younger. And um, we learned through, uh, I, I ghosts will share their uh, pain of death with me. Okay. Which is really awful. <laughs> um, Let me ask you something. Do you see it visually? I mean, do you see it or do you experience it as in? Um, how can I say it? Because I've heard of mediums sometimes actually feeling uh, whatever happened to them. How do you get that message? Good question. Many different ways, actually. So I don't usually see them visually. I see them in my head. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. And and I will. I bring a, a book with me, so I sketch them out. Oh wow! Okay. And and my ske- that goes all the way back to my superhero drawings as a kid. <laughs> Came in handy. Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm lucky if I get. St- stick figures to look good i mean i'm like that that the, but anyway go ahead so you'll in my books you'll see sketches of ghosts that i did ah okay 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 um, that's excellent 
and 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 in in quite a few cases they've been matched up to actual photographs of people that lived that you know freaks me out but <laughs> um yes regardless in this uh in the case files of inspired ghost tracking book the whole investigation is in there with like 30 other investigations but mm -hmm. we learned the two women were brutally murdered in the home okay in various ways which were after we gave our you know we were going through and identifying all these things and mm -hmm. and they were recording what we were saying we later found out that the police report verified every single thing that we were they killed at the same time or in separate two different crimes same time okay yeah yeah by one man that was renting a room in the basement did he catch him yeah he's doing life double life in uh, double life. Okay. western maryland now. were they stuck there because of the way they were killed so or what they decided to stay behind okay because they wanted to ensure that nobody else was uh murdered would fall victim okay. to this and that's why i asked you if the person that, that did it was caught you know yeah. like maybe they were hanging out thinking hey you know somebody got away with killing us or that fear like you just said somebody else is going to get victimized so we we were going to go back um okay. after we got the police report and everything else and verified all of the things that we felt and, mm -hmm. um, and we learned all the gory details, but the family moved out. Okay. And, and you we couldn't were, go back. Yeah, we were unable to do that to cross the border. Yes, I found out that when I was doing investigations, a lot of families that's like the easiest if they can financially or for whatever. That's the easiest solution. Sometimes is like I'm getting out of here. I don't want to yeah. find out if whatever is here is gone. You know, some yeah. people can't for a lot of reasons, but sometimes if they can, people's like, yeah, forget it. I'm, you know, I can never go back to the state of mind. How can I say it? You almost like PTSD, you get ghost PTSD. Really? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because people just like, even when a group goes in, they still are thinking. And, and then the thing is every little sound, even if it's not paranormal in origin, <laughs> yeah. they'll be like, did you hear that? Oh my God. What was that? <laughs> That's a hard oh, thing. I I don't do that in my own house, even though there is no ghost in my own house. <laughs> well, yeah, you know what? Every once in a while, I hear something, and but I live in like an, in a rural area, and I've got like large, like really huge trees, and and you know, and, and where it's like, okay, yeah, all right, you know, I can't like, but yeah, I I I know what you mean. I, I have, and I don't know if it happens to you. I'll be asleep, and you know how. In your mind, you know what are the normal noises that your house mm -hmm. makes. Yeah. But if I hear something weird, I will get right up. I, it will wake me up. It'll bring me enough that my all of a sudden I'm not deep asleep. I'm like, you know, wait to see if it repeats itself. Like, I guess every, I think everybody has that. But when you get that hypervigilance going on, mm -hmm. but that's why I'm saying I think a lot of people sometimes that they can they move out of a place because they just they realize, man, I'm. I'm thinking everything is the ghost coming back to get me. Because <laughs> it sounds like that was a pretty active house that you just described there. Yeah, it was a very active house. And, uh, you know, they, they really wanted to make sure that those children were protected. And that that's why they kept trying to get through to them. But... And that's, did, they, did this family know that, that that crime had been committed there? No, they didn't. Uh, that's another no. thing. That's another yeah. thing. There's a lot of people that's like, oh man, you you know, you'll get people that they'll disclose it. They, they don't care. They're like, oh, if, especially if it's a good price. But there's other people that's like, nah, nah, I'll pass on the on the 
you know, on that on that house, like whatever. Even if there's no haunting, they just like. But yeah. Uh, so w w when were you able to? I guess for lack of a better word, were you able to cross them over, or you just never were able to get back at all? Yeah, we couldn't get back in, and um, and and honestly, when they when we were actually asked them when mm -hmm. we were doing the investigation if they wanted to cross over, and they said absolutely not. They really? wanted to stay and protect whoever stays in that house. So we knew it was going to take another another return, but right, 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 right. Takes to yeah. like, yeah, yeah. That's uh, that that's a good motivation for, you know. That that you would think that that's that's incredible that uh, sometimes people will linger. So in other words, they were aware that they had were dead. Mm -hmm. It's just that they yeah. wanted to protect anybody that moved in there. Yes, but, You know, you hear these hauntings where the person or the spirit really is not aware that they've passed on, and they're trying to like carry on. And it's like, yeah, hey, did you you missed that memo about the that your dead part? <laughs> <laughs> so. So um, let me ask you. That, so when you were working that with that group, is that what you would do? You you were uh, the the psychic in the group. I was the medium. I was one of the mediums. There, okay. There yeah. Was, I'm sorry. I know people. People. I've told it's there's a psychic and there's a medium. Two different things. Yeah. I, and you know, I, I well maybe I take take a minute. Um, so I like to explain psychics' gifts as different from mine because I can media as a medium. I just can communicate with people and pets who pass. Okay. And I've even become known as a pet medium because I do readings on the okay. weekends. But um, but I, I think that psychics can tune into energy of past, present, and future. And mm -hmm. so they can they know what you're doing now, they know what you've done, and they can tell you what's best for you in the future. Um, that's just my impression of what a psychic okay. is. All right. So how did you, was it the passing of your dog that turned you onto the psychic part with animals or was it before that no it yet was the the passing of my dog buzz back in uh 2005 february 22nd he uh i was walking him and his leash opened it was a dog across the street and he ran across oh. the street in front of a car and oh my god yeah it was I, the most horrific thing i've ever seen and I, I won't forget it but um but i will say that i realized especially now that mm -hmm. I realized that Buzz Buzz's life was supposed to be short because he helped me open the door to communicate with everybody's pets okay. and, and bring uh, healing and comfort and closure to all of the people who are grieving the loss of their pets. Sure. Exactly. And it's a tough one. Believe me. I have eight dogs right now. Oh, my and gosh. They're, you have eight? And they're like, huh? Yeah, you they're eight? here. Eight, eight. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and they're all like all like they're underneath my desk right now as we speak, and they're over here. And yeah, among other animals, I have chickens and everything, but my dogs. I've always had dogs, and you know, but yes. So I understand exactly what you mean. Inevitably, you know, and I've always had dogs all my life, and you know, you lose dogs one way or the other. You know, they're they get sick or they just age out. Um, yeah. But yes, I know exactly what you mean as far as um, uh, that it's a difficult thing. Uh, but yeah. So when, after that happened, what happened? Did Buzz come and visit you or? Oh gosh. He, uh, I, I used to keep a journal at, mm -hmm. um, every day and, okay. and I still, still do. Um, the number of signs and the ways in which he communicated with me were astronomical. Um, okay. and I realized 
what was going on. All right. Um, he he moved something. He actually, um, when we brought his body to a uh, the, the veterinarian, mm -hmm. so they could kind of clean him up and prepare him for cremation. We and we got to say goodbye. Okay. Um, a couple of friends joined me, and and we were in the parking lot behind the vet, and uh, there was a tra couple of trash cans. And one of the trash can lids actually popped about four feet off into the uh -huh. air. And I heard him say, Dad, I'm okay. And, and you must have I, been like, what? And I looked around and I'm like, that was Buzz. Well, he's okay. Because he knew the word okay. Right. And he knew Dad. Um, so uh, so he gave me musical signs. He, he went on to move things. He led me to... Uh, led me to another dog that looked like him there's a whole host of signs um, yeah, so do you work on lost pets i i don't um okay. i often refer people to uh animal communicators that can tune into lost okay. pets i All can right. only communicate with the ones that passed i see okay 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 that's Typically. interesting and, and the reason why i say that is i'm wondering if anybody ever comes to you thinking their pet has passed and then you tell them but but by the way you know that he, he, the dog hasn't or that animal hasn't passed it's still alive it's just not you know there's a lost or you know somebody has them so that's why i asked that yeah and they have and yeah and uh, sometimes i have had to give them the bad news yes okay and it, yeah it's heartbreaking sure but, um absolutely Absolutely. So, so we were talking about hauntings earlier. Right, right. So um, here you, you know, you, you basically you've, and, I, and now I'm thinking, have you ever gone to paranormal investigations where there you find animal ghosts in there along with the other ghosts? I have. Okay. <laughs> Funny you should ask. <laughs> um, uh, there were two paranormal investigations and I ran into, um, well, I ran into to two ghost cats, okay. and I ran into a spirit dog that was visiting. Okay. Um, and uh, in England, when I was visiting a museum, um, the museum of Sir John Soane, who is a famous famous British architect, um, okay. his house is now a museum. When I walked in, there was a little dog running around, a little black and tan dog. Oh, how cute! And and, and I I looked at my partner and I said, "What is that dog doing here?" Said, there's no dog here oh, so you saw <laughs> it like saw it saw it right i actually visibly saw the dog oh, okay i've heard of things like that happening it's yeah. like hey where's that dog that cat that i just saw like everybody's like what <laughs> no we didn't or there isn't so it well, was so solid that you thought it was real when i talked to the docents um mm -hmm. uh, they pointed me to a giant painting of this little dog named fanny in the lap of mrs johnson and they they adored this dog and okay. they they said everybody that works here has seen the ghost dog and was Ooh. it the dog when you looked at the picture it was the dog it was exactly the dog <laughs> okay <laughs> and you imagine you say yeah but that's not the one i saw but that is yeah. so interesting you know you hear that about a lot of these places like those sense like you know that after mm -hmm. a while they they're the ones that are there like in the morning or when it's closing up or even in the middle of the day and they'll see things like that and after a while it's like yeah we know it's not real yeah they so they also asked me if there was any human ghosts and i said no and they said yeah that's correct we have not seen any human ghosts either oh, isn't but that interesting? 
apparently the little dog loved greeting people at the door. Okay. And that's what he did to me when I walked in. So he's still greeting people at the door um, 150 years later. That's how long? Yeah, and wow. he's happy. That's good. Yeah. That's good. But you know what? It's really funny because, you know, you always think of human spirits as the ones kind of being stacked on that. I like, I, I wanted, I like to do this in life. So animals apparently do the same thing. Yeah, I find about maybe one or 2% stay behind. And um, mm -hmm. most of them just, they go right to the, uh, the other side because it's nothing but peace and love and they can sense that. But, but this little guy wanted to stay with his mom and dad mm -hmm. okay. and love them so much. And, uh, and when they passed, he didn't go with them. He instead stayed behind to, to greet people at the door. So I'm going to ask you a really important question. You tell me, do you think animals, I'm not going to just say dogs, animals will reincarnate and come back to their same owners again? In my experience, the answer is no. Um, okay. The reason, and there's a, there's a whole bunch of reasons, but Okay. The main reason is that they always wait for us on the other side. All right. I have learned that our pets who pass will come back and train our new pet to have okay. a habit or two that they had when they were alive. So that right. that way we know that they're still around in spirit. Okay. Right. Like a continuity kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. No, I mean, the reason why I ask if I've heard of people that will say that they've had other pets that in other words, that they didn't go looking for. The, in other words, they didn't go looking for to. You know how some people will say, "Well, I lost a pet, so I'm going to get a replacement." In other words, these are people that the the animal comes to them some inadvertent way. In other words, they weren't looking, and sometimes it's not exactly the same shape, but there's something about it mm -hmm. that's reminiscent of that other animal, almost kind of deal. It's almost like. It came back, but now I'm in another shape and form that kind of sometimes looks like the other one. And again, it's just that they just come back into that person's life, not because so they pet, were seeking to replace it. Yes, yeah, so I've learned our, our pets will pick out the next pet that we should. Really? Buy. Yeah. And they lead ah. us to many ways. So, I mean, I, I could talk to you about pets for hours, <laughs> actually, but. Um, yeah, um, no, I've, I've got enough. It's like. Yeah, but I, you know, I, it's incredible, you know, people, and everybody's aware, you know, you hear therapy dogs or th therapy animals and, you know, now mm -hmm. got, nowadays it's like you get anything could sometimes be a therapy animal, but I think anybody that's ever had dogs, I mean, really love them. I think we use them for therapy, even though they're not therapy dogs, <laughs> you know. I, I work from home and I, I get up and hug my dogs whenever I'm having a hard time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's exactly. therapy. Yeah, of course. Mine, it's like, like they're like, yeah. I mean, I have some, a couple sleep on the bed and the others will go under the, you know, everybody's around here. And, and if I open the door, let them out, you know, but I come back in, everybody come, runs out and then comes back and looks at me like, we're not going outside unless you come outside too, you know, that kind of <laughs> thing. And then I say, okay, okay, I'm coming, I'm coming, you know, so I got to stand at the door. I go outside with them because otherwise they'll just, I got like an entourage that follows me around. So, yeah. okay, it sounds like you know what we're talking about here. But yes, yeah, I do. Yes. Yeah, we have three dogs right now. There you four, go. Four in spirit, three, three here. Okay. 
All right. So yeah, that 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 you know what that's like. That yeah, I yeah they're very much in tune with us. You know, physically, mentally, expressions, even stuff that we're our body language. They they learn the language of our body very easily. That's mm-hmm. how they attenuate to that. So when you started doing these, let me ask you because you're out of based out of Maryland, right? Yes. Let me ask you: Did you ever? I. I, I'm hoping this is the right name, but there's this park. Is it Lincoln Park? I heard there's a park out there. It's supposed to be haunted because they've had a lot of uh, either murders or bodies being dumped there. Did you ever do anything around that park or in that park? No, I have not. Um, oh God, what is the name of that park? Yeah, I. Uh, and it's 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 a park that's been open for like a really long time, and. Oh, Marlene, I hate when this happens that I can't remember the name of thing. But the, yeah, that it's that that it's gotten that um, you know, and, and and when you know when things get, they say they're haunted doesn't mean they're actually haunted, but it's just because the notoriety of that that things have happened there for a lot of years. You know, like people they've they've they they've dumped bodies and sometimes it's here it's like they'll find skeletal remains and things like that and it's like they even have a lot of john and jane does again that they can't even you know identify who they are sure, kind of like, um, like what they're finding in lake mead now that it's drying up oh right? my god have you seen that <laughs> i follow that thing on and off and that's incredible <laughs> that um there was one gentleman who his dad uh, fell off. He was boating out there. And I want to say it was in the 1960s. And they had, uh, he was skiing or something on the lake with another friend. They found the other guy was able, didn't die. But him, all this time, they they couldn't find his body. And you think, how can they not? But I don't think people realize how big that lake is. Yeah. And he believes that one of the, because basically what they found was the mandible, the skull, but it had fillings. And he's thinking that that might be his dad. He has a, uh, and they were, you know how they, they'd say, well, we think it's a man or a woman in this age range. And mm-hmm. and I haven't followed up on it. But yes, I think that's very interesting that Lake Mead, it's giving up its dead along along with everything else in there. Right. <laughs> it's like, yeah. what else are you going to find in there? Yeah, it's like boats, <laughs> planes I hear down there. It's like, yeah, it's incredible. Well, in my day job as a meteorologist and a scientist, I use satellite imagery. So I, I can, I've seen how far the lake has shrunk over time. Yes, that's incredible. That is yeah. it's incredible. Yeah, we had uh, here in Florida, we, Lake Okeechobee is one of our big lakes. And I want to yes. say like five or six years ago, we had like a dry spell where that is exactly what was happening. It The levels dropped that they were finding things in there, but that was like a one-time thing. And then again, it went right back up. But uh, and I've heard also that those uh, those radars, I mean, those you know, they're they're mapping out now. Like, what was it the other day? I was reading an article that out in Guatemala, they found um, because of the satellite imagery, this huge mm-hmm. palace, like from the time of the Mayas, like a May- Mayan uh, city. That of course, unless you see it from that perspective, you wouldn't know it was, that it's there. It's yeah, hidden. it was hidden. I read it's that. Hidden. It's yeah. the complex is huge. I, I have to follow up on it and see. But yeah, I, I see that that uh, those satellites things, they're they're finding a lot of stuff that before, you know, unless you happen to stumble over it in the jungle, like on foot. And even then they really weren't aware how big, you know, because sometimes these things have been covered up for hundreds of years. 
But uh, yeah. so anyway, getting back to now that you say that, how do you think the weather affects when there's a haunting? Because you hear some different versions of that or does it or not? Yeah, sure. So I think those uh, those old movies where they had lightning storms and uh, a lot of ghostly activity uh, mm -hmm. really actually were onto something because lightning is hotter than the surface of the sun at ten thousand degrees Fahrenheit. Okay. So, um, so to me, as a scientist, the paranormal, what what I call earthbound ghosts or spirits mm -hmm. that have crossed over, are all really energy combined with memories, personality, and knowledge, whether it be a person or a pet. Okay. And they use physical energies and emotional energies to get strong enough to communicate. All so, right. so let me ask. So that that thing about that opening line, it was a dark and stormy night, you know, with all the <laughs> the first chapter of the horror book. It's there's a good reason why it was a dark and stormy night when they whatever yeah. happened. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> See, yeah. And you know what, I people. Sometimes, you know, it's it, now they say that that's a corny opening line. Don't, don't ever use that if you're writing a book, but maybe there's a reason for it. Uh, as far as um, also, I think because, well, the thunder and everything, it makes people uneasy. When you hear thunder and lightning, it makes you, as a human being, it makes you uneasy. It's like, you know, like you know that there's a potential there to get like, and here in Florida, you know, we have a really high lightning, you know, we get a lot of lightning strikes out here in Florida. Oh, you're the lightning capital. Yeah, I know. Of the U.S. I know. Yeah. Yep. I know. A lot of people don't realize that here in Florida is like, mm, yeah. And uh, yeah, and the people, sometimes I would, I would say way out. Sometimes lightning strikes, the storm could be way out there and you get the lightning strike over here. Um, yeah. I had a friend of mine, her brother-in-law got, that's how he died. Oh my gosh. He signed in, he used to work out in a, um, you know, where the, the, the rail yards, they deliver cars and mm -hmm. they used to park him in this really big field but he would he would do is he's one of these guys that would put the windshields on and if any of them were damaged in transit and i think that thing about the biggest that big open field and him being the tallest thing and apparently it was a storm but it was way off from what i understand and he was finishing up and he got hit by lightning and it came in through his forehead and out his big toe oh my gosh and that so, was because uh, he was the only one out there yeah, so if you hear thunder, you can be struck by lightning. That's the rule. Really? Um, okay. And, yeah. And and generally, I mean, lightning bolts have been known to travel as far as really 10 miles from a storm, if not You're more. kidding. No. Wow. Yes. That's see how everybody's like, okay, this is really interesting. But yeah, people don't realize. Most people like think of the lightning as like when they can see it, you know, when you mm -hmm. can see the lightning. But that's mm -hmm. that. So what happened when... Um, did you find though, and I don't, and, and the reason I'm asking this is when I was doing investigation, sometimes the weather, if it was going to be really bad, we didn't do it just because, you know, logistically it was a nightmare. Mm -hmm. But have yeah. you ever gone on investigations where there is more activity if the weather is stormy or not? Um, I, I think I can tie it to one particular mansion in Maryland, a historic mansion. Um, okay. Where we found, I think there were probably about 10 nine or 10 different ghosts from different time periods. Okay. And whenever the weather was bad, more of them seemed to be showing up. Ah, okay. So okay. yeah, in that instance, yeah. So it was what, do you think it was like supercharging then the atmosphere, the whatever it yeah. is that they used to manifest? Yes, absolutely. It's putting more energy in the atmosphere. 
did you find were they I'm going to use intelligent versus residuals or were they just like doing a, you know, that loop thing? What did you find when you were out there? Oh gosh. In that particular mansion, um, it was, they were all, sadly, they were all intelligent haunts. Okay. Um, they were, and they were all dead from different time periods. And, um, it was, it's quite a crazy experience. It's now a privately owned mansion. It's not in a historic property anymore. Okay. Um, but I did write about it. It's in it's in my case files of Inspired Ghost Track. Let me ask you, were they aware? Did you find if these ghosts were aware of the other ghosts or were they on their own like, you know, timeline? So a couple of them were actually aware of the other ones. Okay. And they turned out to be ones that lived at the same time. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Did you get any idea? Was it was there foul play or was it somebody that had just lived there so long that they didn't want to leave? Oh, well, gosh, there, there's a whole host of reasons why. One <laughs> one little girl died of the flu in the house. She stayed there. Uh, she's mm-hmm. been seen on and off. Um, uh, another gentleman had a heart attack when he was visiting, uh, trying to sell lumber um, oh, to the property that wound uh-huh. up in, was a horse farm. He died in the house. Um, he had brought him upstairs. Another one had a heart attack um, who died in his bed. Um, <laughs> sudden de- right. It doesn't have to necessarily be violent, but it was like a sudden kind of thing that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm glad you pointed that out because everybody thinks that guy that was visiting that he was selling lumber and he died. Mm-hmm. He didn't go back home. <laughs> to no. haunt. He stayed there. Isn't he that did. interesting? People always think that if you're going to haunt, you go back to your. You may where you live or even where you work, you know, if you're one of these workaholics. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes it's like, yeah, I'm just going to stick it out here and figure out what happened here. It's like. Yeah. No, uh, um, so there are a lot of re- a lot of different characters in there. I mean, one was a general, an army general who okay. had a uh, top secret meeting in there that mm-hmm. we later learned about. Um, and he regretted making this decision about going to war. Okay. Voting for a war that he later realized was not the right thing to do. Um, So he's haunting the place and where he made the decision. Um, So all kinds of you'll you'll meet a whole host of different people in that that chapter um, on the Maryland man. You know what? And and I'm glad you pointed that out, Rob, because people always think of hauntings as being like a violent death or foul, but regret. I imagine is a very mm. strong tether for a spirit. Like, yeah, like what you just described with, I mean, who doesn't have regrets, but something like a deep regret, like that maybe I made this one decision, especially when it affects others that can tether somebody. Yeah. He felt responsible for tens of thousands of deaths. Yeah. Yeah. That kind of thing. That kind yeah. of thing. Exactly. That it wasn't like, Oh, I made the mistake. I shouldn't have done that. It was like, no, that one decision you know, like that ripple effect mm-hmm. had the consequences in all these things. And yeah, for a human being, you know, as long as you're not a psychopath, that, that, that could be very like, that could weigh heavy on your mind. Has that probably for the rest of your life, even after that, you know, everybody very wants much. to do the time travel, go back like, Oh, if I would have done something different or if I would have made a different decision, uh, that's a heavy thing to have on you. When you, um, let me ask you when you were, I don't know, are you still doing the paranormal investigations now? We are, but they've kind of um, 
kind of waned uh, because okay. you know since since COVID. Um, yes. But we but we still do them. When you go out there, do you guys ever do first like a preliminary, like a scientific to verify, or do you just go in there cold, uh, looking for the paranormal activity? Um, so the usually the the team leader Margaret Ehrlich, she organize she asks people um, okay. a long a two hour questionnaire about everything and okay, everything. Yes. everything and everything. And then once she gets a uh, uh, that together, then she will send out a tech team. Okay. And the tech team will usually stay either in the evening hours or overnight, um, and the family will go to a hotel or somewhere else. Okay. After the tech team does their thing, then the mediums go in without being told of what the tech team found, or the mediums are not told the even they're not even told the address until one hour before they're supposed to be there. Because we don't want to know. Uh, so, and then the mediums go in, and then we compare notes with what the tech team got and then we have a historian who looks back on the history Just the of the research house. for you great great that helps to explain a lot have you ever done have you ever gone on an investigation that you think this is a bad idea we should not have done this <laughs> <laughs> um well yeah um and sadly it was somebody who really wanted to to find a haunting in their house ah, and, okay. and they had some uh they were really just wasting our time and kind of trying to do things and then they would have their kids make noises in the other room and oh my god things. that's that's yeah. that's 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 i, I want to say i tell everybody that's the effect of the like maybe the last 15 or 20 years with all the paranormal reality shows yeah where people like everybody thinks it's like I tell everybody when I was doing investigations back in the nineties, by the time they actually, if, you know, back then it wasn't like it is now, but if they actually called for somebody, they had gone through, they had got, they already had an electrician go out there, a plumber. They had tried to figure it out. By the time you got there, yeah. they were like at their wits end. I said, now there's a noise. All the family runs out and sleeps in the car and it's a ghost. Nobody. <laughs> it's like, what happened? Why don't you try to call the electrician or the plumber or your, you know, whatever, if you have a landlord, hey man, there's something, you know. Now people, it's like, no, 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 it's the ghost. Before that was like the last thing that people, everybody tried to figure out like, wow, what's, what's that banging or what the, whatever, that little noise or that creak or, you know, whatever it was. The, and that's, yeah, so I want to say is the effect of, unfortunately, the, the downside of that. The TV thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. Like, oh, I, yeah. And exactly. I tell everybody, you know what? And I, I don't know if you've come across this. Sometimes being in a haunted house is not a good thing. It's not a fun thing. It's not. It can get dark sometimes, That those circumstances. Oh, yeah. Gosh. No, we've we've gone into houses that um, where people have used Ouija boards and open mm -hmm. portals to the, uh, the dark side, if you will. And people have become physically sick in the home. Uh, just horrible things. Um, but conversely, not only can earthbound ghosts use energy, but spirits of your loved ones who have crossed over can manipulate electricity and use energy. And one thing that's kind of amusing to me or was amusing was that, uh, with my mom, that after my dad passed in 2008, um, I would call my mom every day. Okay. And sometimes she would be walking down her hallway, down to her bedroom or away from her bedroom, down to the kitchen. And my dad, after he died, he would play with the light in the hallway. 
she had three electricians come out to that house <laughs> and check the lights and there's nothing wrong with them and and i told her i said mom it's it's dad i can he's he's here with me he's telling me that he's letting you know that he's around and so later on after that conversation i would call my mom and she would be she'd pick up the phone and i she wouldn't even say hello she'd be cussing my father out to tell him to stop <laughs> playing with the light in the hallway <laughs> yeah yeah it's like people don't realize that after a while it can become a little bit unnerving even when you think or you know that it's a loved one yeah. because it's like yeah you know, like rest in peace kind of deal you know maybe and, and i think sometimes people when the person is recently deceased, it's okay to get that reassurance. Mm -hmm. But then after a while, it's like, all right, what are you still doing here? Like, bye. Yeah. You know, because it kind of feels funny sometimes. Uh, like, what? You're, are you watching me when I go to the bathroom kind of thing? <laughs> I know. People, <laughs> people sometimes get a little bit wigged out with that, you know, that kind of thing. Um, well, I have you ever had anybody follow you home because they, 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 in other words, since you're psychic and a medium mm -hmm. that they want to communicate and you leave and they follow you home? Fortunately, no. Um, okay. and, and that is because I always try to protect myself after okay. going to a place. And, and we actually have a piece of chocolate when we leave an investigation because mm -hmm. it raises your endorphin levels and okay. creates positive emotional energy that helps eradicate that. Excellent. Um, I had never heard of that. That is a great idea. Yeah. <laughs> Get an endorphin rush. That's great. We that also great. Uh, put the tree too on the property so that we drain our, that negative energy through the tree back into the air. Okay. Earth. So you ground yourself through the tree mm -hmm. as far as to dispel any, because I tell people sometimes people don't realize that if you have an entity there, that's really desperate to communicate, mm -hmm. they will, you know, zone in especially if there's somebody that thinks they're going to be able to hear them or see them or anything you know like there is like i'm gonna stick with you like I, I need to tell you whatever it is you know it might be something really like not unusual but to them it is like in other words you know how they say your perception is your reality i think yeah. i think it's the same thing even when you're dead uh it might to you you might be like that's that's the big deal and but to them it might be yeah. You know? Like, yeah, that jewelry, it's in the box behind the, yeah, that right. kind of thing. So we wound up talking about a lot of the cases from the, the case files of Inspired Ghost Tracking. And that, you reminded me of one other case in that particular okay. book um, that with an attachment. There was a woman who uh, called us and said that, that, that she and her husband were seeing a shadow figure in their okay. bedroom. And she was kind of wigged out by it. It was... Um, she wasn't scared, but she was wigged out by it. We didn't, we didn't know what was going on. We, we weren't told, the mediums weren't told. Um, but when we got there, um, I brought my dog, one of my dogs, um, because they thought the dog, the spirit of one of their dogs was visiting. And as it turned out, our dog proved that. Our dog did the same exact motions that their dog used to do when their dog came in from the outside. Okay. Um, but only the husband was home at the time when we were there. When the wife came home, it was a different story. Ooh. There was a ghost, a female ghost attached to her. And uh, I call this in my book, I call it the case of the burned ghost. Okay. Because suddenly I felt my head get hot. Um, 
I saw this image of a woman with a gold earring melted into her ear. Um, I, I she told me that she was in an explosion. I was going to say, man, that must have been some, that's all it takes a lot of heat to do that. Yeah. Um, so, and it turned out, so, and, and the other medium, Troy was also getting the same thing. He was, he, he, he didn't get the visual, but that someone was, was on fire. Okay. And so, and we were comparing notes and we were both getting similar things. And we asked the woman, we said, does this mean anything to you? And she said, well, I'm the nurse at a burn unit in a hospital. And when I described the melted earring, she knew exactly who that woman was. Oh, wow. And we were able to, so, so she was just astounded. And she said, she just died in my burn unit last week or two weeks ago. Okay. And she, she called the hospital and got the woman's name. Okay. And we were able to cross her over. And then later, that is incredible. we looked up her photograph in the news. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I didn't put her picture or her real name because that, that's for privacy reasons. But, but the whole story is in there. Um, but it was it was stunning that here's a woman who decided to stay earthbound as a ghost, mm-hmm. and the reason she did is because she told me this nurse gave her more love and attention in the short time she lived in the burn unit than she ever got for the rest of her entire life. That's very sad. That is very sad. It was heartbreaking. And she said, I thought that this nurse could still help me from the other side. That is, that is, that's very, I mean, as horrific as her death sounds, that's very sad to think of somebody saying that, you know, you're, oh, wow. So that's why the attachment, like, I want to stay with you because... Yeah, I think you can help me even from the other side. And um, apparently, she just lingered too long um, mm-hmm. in the hospital and got and yes. got earth on. Um, but she her she was in a car with other people, I guess, that exploded. Ooh. And I I don't I, I don't remember the details. I they're in my the story. Was she but, a younger person or was she already? Oh gosh, yeah. She was very young. Okay. Yeah, she was very young. Yeah. Ah, uh, okay. Okay. So that, yeah. Yeah, people, I mean, people sometimes I tell people, you know, I, t- I, I've spoken to a lot of people that I say, you know what, when you work in hospitals, you'd mm-hmm. be surprised. You got to be careful because you can get an attachment, especially if you're one of these very kind, caring persons. You I, know, I will tell you a funny story though. I was in a yes. hospital because I, I like to end on a good, you know, uplifting note. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. When I was really developing my abilities after Buzz passed, I took a friend of mine to the, the hospital because he had an appointment with a, a doctor and he needed a ride. So while he was sitting in the waiting room, I decided I was going to go downstairs and, and you know, get a, a, a soda or a coffee or something. So I did. And then I came back up in the elevator. And as soon as I got in the elevator, there was a woman who was in her late 80s and she was in a walker and she was in a gown. And she had white hair, curly hair. She looked disheveled, and she was asking me where how where the way is out. So I said, "Well, we're going up," and <laughs> I said, "You're going in the wrong direction." I said, "But obviously, you're a patient here." Well, the doors opened, uh-huh. and there were four people standing on, ready to go on the elevator. And I turned and looked at them, and I looked back, and there was nobody in the elevator. 
Oh. The woman had disappeared. She was an earthbound ghost, and they thought I was out of my mind. <laughs> hey, here's that. that the way, who's that guy talking to? <laughs> right. Yeah. You will, You ever want to get an elevator and ride it alone? Just start doing that, and nobody will we'll, we'll catch the next one, man. Just like be on your way. <laughs> I thought they were going to tell me what floor the psychiatric ward was on. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So. <laughs> yeah, I've heard of that happening. That, um, that uh that sometimes they'll see so lifelike for lack of a better word that they mistake them for living human beings yeah and then later on is like or when you realize that you're the only or that you that you do that turn mm-hmm. <laughs> and then they're gone <laughs> and they're gone it's like what happened and then you realize let me ask you that, that book is that is that the book the one for um the 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 one for the tombstone for the uh is that the last one that you that you the ghost of the birdcage theater yeah we haven't even talked about that one um right we, that's no. but you released that in this year that's a 20 2022 release it is yes yeah i'm going to ask you a question about that sure is it as haunted as they say it is because i've always heard that that birdcage theater is replete you know with the show uh, not the showgirls the the dancing girls and all you know all the everything is it as haunted as they say yeah, it's actually the most haunted building that I found in Tombstone. Um, yeah. And uh, when I was there, I, so I I've been there in nineteen. I've been there back in nineteen ninety four um, when I didn't have my abilities really, and um, okay. and I didn't sense anything. But I did take a picture of what turned out to be the face of a ghost in a painting okay. that I <laughs> learned about. Um, I and I befriended the guy that manages it, and we stayed in touch. Um, when I came back in 2019 with a friend who never had a paranormal experience, we took the ghost tour because my abilities were in full bloom and all that. Well, I ran into 11 different ghosts and uh, I sketched, I think, five of them. Okay. I was able to confirm every single one of them with the people that worked there as that people who lived and died in the establishment. Yeah. So in other words, I guess everybody that works here after a while they have some type of experience, right? They do. They do. I, every single employee could not wait to talk to me about their own experience. I bet. So, you know what yeah. people don't realize, you know, they think of the Western and they don't realize that frontier life, mm-hmm. life could be very short and violent and you could get shot very easily over stuff that nowadays you'd be like, you shot somebody over what? So there was a reason for all of that, too, especially in the birdcage, because the birdcage had four different activities. And it was open from 1881 to 1889 until the silver mines closed and flooded and then tombstone shut down. But Mm -hmm. um, there were 26 murders in the birdcage theater in those eight years. Holy crap. There's 140 bullet holes you can still see around the birdcage because it's now a, a museum. Right. It's not an active theater. It's a museum. Um, you can take walking tours during the day to see all the historic artifacts that were left in there when the birdcage mm-hmm. closed doors in 1889. So everything's from the 1880s as it was. Um, and you can take a ghost tour at night. Um, and the ghost tours are always very active. I believe so it. there are a lot of people. I mean, there were four different professions happening there. Number one, it was a saloon. Number two, it was <laughs> a uh, house of prostitution because right. that was illegal back then in the 1880s. Sure. Um, number three, it was a, a working theater. And number four, it was a gambling den. Yeah. yeah. It's like, 
it was the uh, the site of the longest poker game in history, according to Ripley's Believe It or Not. I'd heard of that. That people is that yeah they a lot of these uh, frontier towns they, exactly like what you said they were uh, e- e- usually they're either around a train depot if it was a stop or mining the mine you know these uh, mining camps that's how they started out mm-hmm. and before you know it a bunch of people would rush out there either to mine or to sell stuff to miners and of course what comes with that entertainment as in saloons brothels uh, you know whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah, that was that that happened a lot. And let's face it, out there, the law sometimes either there wasn't law or it was days away, as far as uh, law and order kind of thing. Yeah, and the, and and there were several of these people that are were shot in there or killed or died in there, uh, shared their pain of death, and and some of them were shocking to me because I experienced them. And I didn't know what they mostly was it over like gambling, um, uh, I guess disputes or over the girl. Because I know sometimes uh, a lot of these, you know, men usually outnumbered women in a lot of these towns a lot. Yeah. Uh, was there any kind of like that love triangle thing going on there where people got shot? Uh, oh, there were some arguments over over some of the women um, that were there, but. Um, Mostly the some of the ones that I ran into were uh, men that were murdered because they cheated at cards. Ah, yes, of course, mm. of course. Like for, yeah, that, that's the part where, yeah, that was like a what was it? What was it, that you stole a horse or you cheated at cards? Those were like shooting or hanging offenses. Yeah, the, the and the most shocking one was when I moved in from the lobby into the area where the theater is and. Uh-huh. I was, I actually felt a bullet go into my throat and I couldn't speak. Uh, really? I, and my friend was with me and, and he was looking at me. I tried to ask me what was happening. And I tried to motion to my throat, trying to tell uh-huh. him that I was shot in the throat and I could taste, I, I could feel blood coming out of my throat. I could actually taste copper in my mouth. The copper, he tastes the blood. Wow. And I thought, what in the world is happening? Somebody is, somebody died here. And, this guy uh-huh. told me that he died. He was shot in the throat. He was he was cheating at cards. He was trying to run for it. He gave me his name. And the docent came over, the tour guide, and she said, are you okay? And I explained to her I'm a medium, and they share a pain of death and so forth. And I said, "Was now that I can speak, barely, I said, was there a guy that was shot in the throat right here? And she said, yes. <laughs> there you we go. We have wow. it documented that a man was shot in the throat here for cheating at cards and he died right here. Is that, what is it? Do they, isn't that where they also have that boot hill cemetery? It is. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. So tombstone is the, um, known for the okay corral shootout, October yes. 26th, 1881. I'm a big wider aficionado, yes. which yes. is how I got there in the first place. But, uh-huh. um, but for anybody who is fascinated with Western history or hauntings, um, and the old west um the ghost of the birdcage theater is really that was really a great fun book for me to write okay all right it's it's because yeah you know the ghost but there's a lot of history there also as well i mean it's just not the ghost thing yeah and it's part of my uh on a medium's vacation series so really oh because you're doing this that's great so And you encounter, and the reason why I ask that, Rob, is that, you know, sometimes some of these historical places, basically, after a while, when you go there, 
Mm-hmm. It's that maybe maybe once upon a time there was haunted, but by then all it's got the ghosts have moved on, and all it's right. got is like the reputation. In other words, you know that's why I asked you: Is it really as haunted as they say it is? Yeah, it is. Uh, so. So when I was there, I, I had 11 encounters with 11 ghosts. And then when I went back um, this past summer in mm-hmm. May, I was there for four days doing a book signing event. Okay. Um, and of course, I got contacted by some of the, I think three or four of the same, uh, same, the same ghosts that were okay. still there doing the same old thing, including this guy who got shot in the throat, Jerome. Okay. Um, but I also met two other ones. Okay. Um, and both of those were also documented hauntings and people okay. who actually worked in the birdcage. So what I found is that sometimes, even though a place can be very haunted, mm-hmm. ghosts maintain their personality. So if they don't want to yes. talk to you, they're not going to talk to you at, cer- at a certain time. They may talk to you later if you come back again, right. it, you know, depending on your mood and your energy and their energy and so forth. So um so yeah there's at least and you know what and sometimes i think also did you ever come have you ever come across exactly like what you said you know certain places after a while uh they they they, kind of know who the ghosts are the usual suspects you know we know have you ever come across where you've communicated with somebody who just hasn't been documented you know that that's Maybe, maybe they were one of those, you know, midnight burials, you know, we killed the guy and we buried him out in the desert somewhere. And nobody's the wiser. Like what happened to Sam? Never saw Sam again. And come, you know, of course it was foul play. Have you ever come across something like that where you oh, find sure. some? Okay. Yeah. 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 Not everybody's, you know, there's documentation like, you know, about so-and-so was murdered or hung or whatever, you know, one of those things. Uh, back then, it was like not like now. There's no DNA. It's like yeah, yeah. It's last time I saw him, he was writing off. You know. <laughs> yeah, I I wish that I could prove all of them. But, sure. Um, I know I sometimes it's it's difficult. People back then, it's not like now. You know, everything. Mo- mo- most people were anonymous. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. We had no social media either. <laughs> No, it's like, yeah, you know, that guy, that tall guy, he said is like, and you were lucky if you knew the guy's, the person's last name. Because, True. Yeah. You know, and even with these brothels, a lot of the girls that work there would change their names mm-hmm. because that sometimes they, they didn't even want their family of origin to ever find out what they were doing. So they mm-hmm. made up some, you know, or the, their names were like, kind of like, uh, so they, you know, you know how the starlets would make up new names, you know, like to reflect their something a little bit more glamorous so you had that too as well yeah, yeah gold dollar was the name of one of the women that worked <laughs> oh, you're kidding no, gold that? Dollar. Yeah. that is excellent that is great i love <laughs> i love those stories because you know if you put that in in a movie or something something like, oh that's so over the top i was like no back then people would um would do stuff like that they would absolutely uh, do stuff like that and the reason why i say that is that i wrote a book back in 2017 which was um it was about the uh, the wicked ladies of the old west and the bad hombres they loved, and oh, it was, cool. and a lot of these women. You know, back then, I hate to say it, women didn't have much of a of a how can I say choice, especially yeah. if you were in a bad way, and yeah. um, sometimes you had widows. They, their husband had been lost, and they had to feed their family somewhere. Other ones, they would send out these. Um, 
uh, you know, like they would advertise, like the, if you were a farm girl and, you know, you were having a tough time out there and you were the, maybe one of 10 siblings <laughs> and somebody said easy money and you get to get nice dresses. You know, a lot of times, a lot of times these girls would end up doing that, that lifestyle. Um, yeah, I understand that uh, Doc Holliday's once girlfriend, Big yes. Nose Kate, mm -hmm. um, wound up doing that. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, for that. Yeah, they, they they they. As a matter of fact, Wyatt Earp, I believe, um, it's the last one, the one that he that they stayed. What was her name again? My God, Josephine Marcus. Josephine. Yeah. That um, that she was at one point she was involved in that. She was. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And. Uh, yeah, but back then they were saying in the old west, it, if you, uh, the respectability, if you got married, mm -hmm. you know, kind of that was like, and, and that it was bad and bad taste to ask somebody about their past because everybody had some type of past. So right. <laughs> normally you just like, you know, didn't uh, didn't go there. But it has been absolutely wonderful, Rob, to speak to you for my podcast listeners. Where can they go to to find information about your books and everything like that? Well, thank you. Um, it's been great speaking to you too. And this is, I we can talk that. for hours. I think. Yes, I know. I know. Um, they can find me on Amazon um, and all my books are on there. Just type in G-U-T-R-O, Gutro. Okay. And right. um, I'm, I think I'm the only one with that massacred French name. Um, <laughs> well, and my website is robgutro.com or you can type in petspirits.com. That's easier if you can't remember okay. how to spell my name. Um, and you can find links to everything on there. Let me ask you, do you do the, the, the readings for the pets remotely? Can people do it then remotely with you? I do. I only do them by email because it takes so much concentration to listen to a dog or cat. Oh, really? Okay, yeah. okay. So I need their picture, their name, and questions. And right now I'm booking 11 months out. Wow. So if you want it in 2023, get in line. Right. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? But, you know, we love our pets like our kids. So I, I yes. can totally understand that. Yes. I think a lot of people, more than anything, I imagine it's like human beings, you just want to know they're okay. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. and Marlene, I, I hope I can come back and talk to you about the ways that pets communicate from the afterlife yes. because I have so many great stories. For you. Yes, yes, yes. Hey, you guys. Everybody's come here. Hey, you. Yeah, I had... Uh... <laughs> God, I can't believe uh, it's going to be, be a year. I lost one of my, I had one of those apple head chihuahuas. Oh. And I mean, I have all my animals and my dogs, but since she was so small, she was my traveling companion. Mm -hmm. And I mean, she went everywhere. She went to Times Square with me. I used to have this uh, SpongeBob SquarePants like carrier. Oh, so awesome. she went to Times Square. We went to Washington this year in front of the White House. She would go everywhere because she was so small that I would just stick her in there and take her with me. And I have pictures with her head sticking out. Like I even went into this restaurant across from Times Square. And she like knew like to be quiet. And then I would just take like little pieces of food and just like pass them in there. And <laughs> she didn't make a sound. I was like, man, I, I, you know, and then I'm here like Times Square in front of the White House, you know, and here's her name was Queequee. She would, you know, with her head sticking out and she, I lost her. It was a year in November. Wow. God, I can't believe that time goes by. Was it a no? And it's, I want to say that it's besides the animal. It's like with human beings, it's the memories we have with yeah, them. Yeah. You know, I look at pictures of, like you said, when you go on vacation, do this. And she was in almost everything. Was, I, everywhere I go, she'd go with me. And it, it's, it's hard sometimes because you have like this, um, this catalog of memories 
with that animal, mm-hmm. you know, that, yeah, makes it very, very difficult. As well, like, they're, you know. they're especially around over the holidays. So everybody listening should keep, you know, keep an ear out, keep an eye out, <clears throat> um, and even watch your dreams because dreams are yes. the easiest way for them to communicate. Yes, of course, of course. Yeah. Again, thank you so much. Take care. Happy holidays. Happy New Year. All those good things. And I'm wishing you the best. Thank you. I look forward to uh, to chatting again. Absolutely. Absolutely. Take care. Yeah. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You know what? Uh, it's true. It's true. Um, I mean, I've always been an animal lover ever since I was a kid. My earliest pictures when I was two, three, I had kittens. I was sitting. I always had some animal. You know, it's one of those things that I mean, there's a lot of people, how can I say it? There's people that like animals, but it's like, okay, you know, there's others that tolerate, you know, there's the haters and there's the ones like me that it's like, yeah, like I said, my earliest pictures, I think once I could walk was I had some type of animal with me and like, it wasn't like, yeah, my family liked, but I'm, I was, it wasn't like a, how can I, what's the, it wasn't like a learned behavior, like, oh, yeah, my family liked animals, but I remember I was the one that had I was the animal lover in the family, you know, so yeah. And, um, absolutely. I think that for all these, you know, even though it's a more modern thing about the therapy dogs or the therapy goat or the therapy alligator, because not anything, I think long before that animals, and I'm going to say dogs in this case and cats and any animal you have, they provide therapy. My chickens are my therapy. Sometimes I go out there and, you know, like I said, sometimes, my husband will say, what did you say? And it's like, I'm talking to the chickens, okay? I'm talking to the chickens. <laughs> because that is, um, and uh, I want to say that maybe I'm biased, but to me, anybody that I see that can be kind towards an animal or have uh, empathy or kindness towards an animal, to me, that's usually a good person. The flip side of that is if, if I see anybody that, is either cool or indifferent or it's like, mm, and there's something off about you. There's something off. It's like, you're not, you're not yeah. You're not going to be on the, on the right side of the, of Marlene because mm-mm. it's almost like a gauge that I have for people and for personalities, how they behave around. And by this, I'm not saying that you're going to be like, Oh, the animal. Oh. But there's something about people that just don't like animals or they're like, it's like, all right, there's something wrong with you. I don't feel good. I'm, I'm, I, like I said, most people, even if you're indifferent, you would not be unkind or cruel to an animal of any type, of any type. Um, and that's fine. I'm not talking about anything like that. I'm talking just something that falls off the, yeah, something about you can be cruel to animals. You can be really cruel to people. Uh-huh. Yeah, uncalled for. But anyway, I hope you like the show. I really love speaking to Rob. Um, because it's interesting, you know, he's, what he talked about the difference between being a medium and a psychic and how sometimes at being a medium, you actually experience firsthand the, how can I say the feelings, whether it was the end of life accident, like that one that got shot in the throat, which if you think about it, this was probably the last how can I say it? If you if you think about a lifetime of experiences or sensations that a person has, 
throughout their life, whether they're good, bad, great, or horrible. You know, that last thing that he experienced, which was being shot in the throat, was something that he keeps repeating. And you think to yourself, is this some type of hell or purgatory? This, this is the thing. If you're living in that time, that timeline, all right, where life is cheap, let's face it, that that's that's the truth of the Western frontier. It's very romanticized, and but life was cheap, especially if you were cheating at cards. In other words, back then, it, it, it was no surprise. It was known. If you got caught cheating at cards, chances are either that you're going to get killed, shot, or at the very least, beat up very badly, all right? So if this person or this man went in there knowing all these risks, but the last thing is that shot, the throat, the feeling, the the pain, the whatever, that he's like reliving it so much to the point that you get a medium like Rob coming in there and this is what they're experiencing, okay? He's not experiencing, hey, you know, I was with this beautiful showgirl that worked in the show or one of the actresses or, hey, you know, I had this great drink that, you know, whatever. I was thirsty and I came in and I had a shot of whiskey and it was the best. Or, you know, I was playing cards and it won. No, it's that last moment of shock and pain that he, that apparently is being received by whoever's on the, on the receiving end, almost like that, that, that hamster wheel. And you think, is that hell or purgatory where you're stuck behind and you keep showing the, and you even think, is that the reason why he's hanging out? Yeah. Yeah, you can say the unexpectedness, but again, I'm thinking if that's the lifestyle you're living, you're living in the frontier as a gambler and you're cheating, uh, you always you always knew there was a chance you were going to die. Now, maybe that he got shot in the throat, maybe he didn't expect it. You know, who knows? Who knows? Maybe he was desperate. Sometimes you'll have gamblers where their luck has really ran out and you know, they're they don't even got enough money to pay for a hotel room, so Whatever they gambling they do, let me tell you, that is, that's going to make the difference between whether they have a roof over their head that night. Sometimes people do stupid things. So, yeah, that, um, I'm glad he explained that as far as experiences when you're a medium, what happens, and also the ability uh, to communicate with, with animals. As you could tell the way he's booked out, there's a lot of people out there that, even when you lose a pet, you there's something about that person. That person, listen to me. That I want to say that companionship, if you want to call it that, because I think at the very least, let's let's take the therapy thing out of the animals offer you companionship, even if you've got family. I'm not talking about people that are living by themselves, but sometimes there's certain pets that they pick their person. Yeah, they could be friendly with a whole family. But they have that one person in the family, which is their person. And they provide companionship to that one person. They're like, hey, you're my favorite and vice versa. And sometimes it's that companionship, even when you have other humans around you, that makes all the difference. This is the animal that snuggles up to you when you're watching TV. This is the animal that, like I said, that follows you around everywhere. You know, like my do, like you got an, an entourage wherever you go. They want to go outside. They want me to stand out there and watch them. Or if I'm working out with my chickens, they're out there. They're running around, but they, they always have an eye on me because if I come back in for any reason, 
I'll look behind me and there'll be, they all have a big air, have acres of land. Okay. And they're aware of what I'm doing because even if they're on the other side of the property, if I walk back into the house for any reason, some, I'll for, I forgot something within a minute tops. I've got all of them behind me. Like, why did you come back in? Then I have to go back out and then they'll go out. So that kind of like, and it wasn't because I called them. <laughs> because Sometimes I just come back in. There's something uh, I got to get. And that makes the difference. I mean, if everybody remembers that movie Castaway um, with the ball, Wilson, the, what was it? A soccer ball. Tom Hanks plays the lead. And obviously, you know, of course he's a, he's cast away on an Island, but I'm saying the point I'm trying to make is that we are hardwired to have some social interaction, even with, even with it's an animal. And I'm talking here, even with the, the introvert, you know, the person that if you left them to their own thoughts and then their own devices, they'd be just fine. Even the introverts, they need that, that companionship, that something with that other, if it's not as another human being, it's a living animal that gets you and you get them. And obviously the way he's booked, there's a lot of people that want to have that reassurance is so-and-so okay. Wow. All right, guys, I hope you like the show. I have a lot of great guests coming on. A lot of great guests. Um, like I said, by the, you know, we got new, God, guests coming on, uh, old ones that are coming back. Uh, again, if you've got suggestions for topics or guests, email them to me at marlene at miamighostchronicles.com. Uh, you know, like I said, you know, there's a lot of crazy stuff going on in the world with real news and, you know, and, but this is like, uh, come and hang out with me for a while and let's talk about weird stuff, ghosts, paranormal, UFOs, you know, all that other stuff is going to happen. It's not going to go away, but sometimes I think we need a little bit of time to step back and just like suspend your disbelief and just think, okay, because all these things still keep happening. And for, I think for us to function in this crazy world, we all we all need to step away from <clears throat> i don't want to say reality because in this case i i do think this is reality but uh, what's the word i'm looking for something that's not quite so i don't know such gloom and doom how's that but sometimes it's good to just listen or look at things and realize that there's other facets of our lives collectively that still are going to go on no matter what, no matter what. And that for each of us to, to um, operate, go forward, to live every day, because let's face it, life is left on a daily basis. You have to take these little timeouts. Like, yeah, let me just, let me just go out and zone out and listen to Marlene talk about unusual things. So until next time, thank you for coming and you're all wonderful.